It's Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 19. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Amen. Uh, We've been in a series of messages that we've been calling home. And there's just something about being home for the holidays. There's just something about it. There's just something warm and fuzzy and good about it. And so we've got this table that we've had set up every single week reminding us of what home is like and ultimately what our home in heaven is like. Uh, and when I look at this, I just want to sit down and dig in with some good friends. Um, in the scriptures, the, the Bible points us to this, this day when God will return and we will be in the perfect presence of Jesus. And do you know how, how our, our being in the perfect presence of Jesus, do you know how that's inaugurated? Do you know how that begins to happen? Well, there's this, there's this picture in Revelation 20 where there's this marriage supper of the Lamb where we gather together around a table with His people, and with our Lord and Savior, and we feast together. That's how, that's how uh, eternity is inaugurated. But you and I know uh, and long for that day. But often, we find ourselves in this very temporary, painful kind of place where, where it's kind of like sitting at the kids' table for Christmas dinner. You know what I'm talking about? So anybody have one of these going to be set up in your living room over the next couple of days? Anybody? Can I get it? Yeah, okay, a few of you. That's good. And a lot of times when we, we were sitting at the, the kids' table, we're thinking, you know, well, I wish I had room for everybody, but I don't. But this will have to do. But at least we're all gathered together and having fun. And uh, we're together as family and friends. This, there's a tension. There's a tension that we feel each and every day of our lives. And it's between this, the already and the not yet. So what's the not yet? The not yet is us going to be with God in His perfect presence forever. Where there will be no pain, there will be no tears, there will be no pain. That's where we long to be. But so often, we find ourselves sitting at the kids' table, don't we? We find ourselves full of pain, full of tears, and full of uncertainty. And this is what I want to talk about tonight because... I think God has something very special for us in the not yet. In those moments of the not yet. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 3. If not, it'll be on the screen for you here. Reminded that Jesus came in a very humble way. You see, the, the, the Jewish leaders expected Jesus to come as a conquering king. But instead, He came as a, as a weak baby born to likely a teenager and an up-and-coming carpenter in, in the town of Nazareth where people say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? That's where our Lord and Savior Jesus was born. John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 describes this tension that you and I feel each and every day. It says this, Beloved, 
We are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. So let's pause right there for a second. Beloved, you are God's children tomorrow when everything's okay? No. Beloved, you are God's children now. There's, there's a change in our identity when we're with Jesus now. Even though we don't fully realize it yet, it's a reality for us now. He goes on to say this, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. And we shall see Him as He is. So this tension between the already and the not yet, between where we are in God's kingdom and where we want to be in God's kingdom is our reality. And there's something beautiful in that story in Luke chapter 2 that's very very real to me. Um, every time I read Luke chapter 2, and I've got to be honest with you, sometimes I get... I kind of get a little tired of the typical Christmas pa- passages. I mean, sorry. I mean, I kind of do. Um, but there's this one verse, Luke chapter 2, verse 19, that just pierces my heart every time I read it. it and, and the reason it pierces my heart is because there's so much mystery in it. There's so much mystery in it. Luke 2, 19. So, so what's just happened here? Well, the shepherds have come and they've told uh, they've come and they've, they've, they've been a part of this birth scene here and they're, they're worshiping God, they're rejoicing. And Luke writes this. He kind of catches this glimpse of Mary that maybe he hadn't seen before. He says, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. But didn't she know that her son would be nailed to a Roman cross? Didn't, didn't she know that Christmas is really about Good Friday and Easter? Didn't she know that there would be much pain that their family would endure because of the, 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 the fact that He was the Savior? Didn't she know all of those things? Well, no, she didn't know all of those things. But she didn't let the unknown of tomorrow cripple the joy of today. That's the beautiful thing that we see about how Mary is just in the Spirit as Jesus comes. Is that She didn't let the unknowns of tomorrow cripple the joy of today. So my question to you is this, is when mystery comes into your life, when the unknown of tomorrow seeks to threaten the joy of today that's in you, where do you run to? Where do you run to? How does your heart get anxious when you think about all the things that aren't the way that they're supposed to be? How do you respond? Do you curl up in fear or do you look in faith? Because the, I would say that every mysterious kind of situation that we get into and we can't really figure it out is really an invitation. It's an invitation for each of us to worship God in a way that we've never seen Him before. And the reason where we can have confidence in that is because of His very name, Emmanuel. God with us. Think about Matthew chapter 28, verse uh, 18 through 20, where, where, we get, where we get the Great Commission where where the, the mission of, the, of Jesus is pushed to the world. But there's this phrase that he says in verse 20 that I just can't get out of my mind and my heart. He says, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So he just wants, wants us to be reminded of the fact that he's never going to leave us. So how can we, tra- I mean, just to close this thing up, wrap this thing up, how can we treasure God right where we're at today? Kind of in the same way that Mary was able to treasure those moments that she had, even though she didn't have all the pieces. 
How can we treasure God with us right now? Pastor Tim Keller uh, recently said this. He said, if we knew everything God knows, we would ask for exactly what God gives us. If we knew everything that God knows, we would ask for exactly what God gives us. So in other words, God is not holding out on you. I don't know what you came in here with tonight. God's not holding out on you. He's after something inside of you. Each and every one of us. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 and 27 describes this tension that you and I feel. And I'm going to read it quickly and you'll get where I'm going. And it says this, And He made from, from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined the allotted periods and boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God. God made, you hear that? God made us to seek Him. Now sometimes it's easy to see God in our lives and sometimes it's not. So what do we do when it's not easy to see God in our lives? Well, He goes on to say this, And perhaps uh, that they would, they would feel their way toward Him and find him, yet he's not actually far from each one of us. So there is an intention behind the one, the seemingly uh, irrelevant wandering of your life. The, the, the places in your life where you feel like you're wandering about, and you feel like everything is out of control, there is an intentionality behind it. That we would, that we would seek after God and, and feel our way toward him. It gives this picture of like stumbling through the darkness. Often I get up before my wife in the morning and I'm trying to do my best to keep quiet in the house. You know what I'm talking about? But I'm like stubbing my toe and like shutting drawer and you know, I'm just making all this racket. Well, that, that same picture of, of us kind of wandering through the darkness, feeling our way through it, is the picture really of the Christian life. That's not something we should be afraid of because God has us and He is with us. So no matter where you're at tonight, I want you to know that, that if you're in Jesus, that God is with you and that Emmanuel is real to you, even though you feel like you're fumbling through the darkness. Because even as we see in, with the Israelites as they wandered through the wilderness, I mean, they wandered for 40 years by the time they left Egypt to the time that they uh, inhabited the promised land. And I mean, what, you, you guys think God was waiting for the Canaanites to move? You think he was waiting on them? No, not at all. He was after something that would take 40 years in the hearts of his people. Maturity in Christ and trust and faith in Christ is not something we rush. It's something that God works in us over a long period of time. And I just want to encourage you in that tonight uh, as we think about Emmanuel, as we think about God with us, that we might treasure him even in the mystery.